uh, during this uh, last uh, several months. We're very grateful for our choir here as they dedicate themselves to practicing these songs to minister to us. Uh, we appreciate that. Is this our, our last Sunday for choir until fall? Yeah, thank you so much. Let's give the choir a round of applause for everything they do for us. You truly are a blessing, and you uh, help us to focus our attention on Jesus, uh, who is our Savior. And we pray that we will have a closer walk with him. And it's so important that we do walk with the Lord Jesus, because there are many difficulties and dangers and hardships in this world. And Jesus, the Bible says, is a... Uh, we believe he is a, a friend that closes, sticker, uh, sticks closer than a brother, and we're grateful for that. Our reading today, our first reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with the 12th verse. Here, uh, Peter is writing, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand with me as we read our gospel lesson today from the 17th chapter of John's gospel. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I, that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us now, and that as you promised to work, walk with us through this, this life and through the, the difficulties of this life, that you promised to protect us. So teach us what it means to be protected in your name today. I pray that uh, the words that come from my mouth will uh, honor you, uh, that my words will bring glory to your name and will strengthen the church today. Uh, So Lord, guard our hearts and our minds today. Protect us from the enemy who wants to block our ears from hearing uh, the truth of your word. Uh, Cause your word to enter through our ears and into our hearts that we would receive it, uh, that we would receive the promise of the forgiveness of sins that you have for us today. And then motivated by your forgiveness, motivated by your grace, motivated by your love, we would then walk with you, knowing that we're protected through whatever dangers come our way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today's sermon is entitled, Protected in the Name of Jesus. There are many dangers in this world, so many dangers in this world. Uh, Here are some stories of danger taken from uh, an insurance company website. A pigeon hit Matthew Breeley in the face while he was riding his motorcycle, knocking him unconscious. Uh, Breeley accidentally stepped on the throttle, pushing his speed to upwards of 120 miles per hour. Uh, He hit a tree, flew off the bike, he broke his leg, and he lived. Uh, Michael Perry flushed his toilet one day. But instead of flushing, the water pressure caused the bowl to explode into a thousand tiny shards of flying porcelain. Perry was badly injured, receiving 30 stitches. There are many dangers in our world. You might think twice before you flush the toilet now. We often think of physical dangers, something that might harm our body, something that may make us sick, something that might harm or infect a loved one. But as Christians, we know that there are dangers that are much more serious than physical harm. So we have a tendency in our world to elevate physical danger and to minimize spiritual danger. So we have this tendency, we elevate And we're really concerned about physical dangers and we minimize spiritual danger. I want us to listen to what Jesus says in Mark chapter 8. In Mark 8, 34 through 38. It says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So he says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. Jesus also speaks of taking up the cross, our cross, denying ourselves. Um, You see, those of us who trust in the Lord Jesus, those of us who have been called by the gospel 
enlightened with his gifts, we actually are, are called by the gospel to live in such a way that we would put our lives at risk. And many Christians throughout the centuries have lived in such a way. They've gone into, the, into various mission fields. They, they've lived their lives and they've suffered persecution. They've suffered disease. They've suffered harm for the sake of the message of the gospel. So Jesus will even call us, he's not calling all of us, but many of us, and, and if it becomes necessary to, forf to forfeit our physical safety for the greater spiritual good. So what is this great danger that's in the world? The greatest danger is being separated from God. The greatest danger is a spiritual danger. The, gr the greatest danger is not knowing God through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is why Jesus prayed in John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's life. That is life eternal. To know God. And to know God is to cling in faith to Jesus. To know God is to trust in Jesus as your only hope of salvation in this danger-ridden world. And to know God through faith in Jesus is to be protected in the most profound way possible. Those who know God by faith in Jesus are protected. And I want you to hear this today, that you are protected in the name of Jesus. You are protected in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. You're protected eternally. You're secure in Jesus. There is no need for you to fear today because you know that your eternity is secure. When you know that your eternity is secure, you can face whatever hardship or struggle may come your way. So you're protected. You're, the, the biggest thing is your sins are forgiven. So if you haven't heard this lately, hear this. Jesus loves you. And you are forgiven through trusting in him. And there is security in that promise today. No matter what they do to my body, I know who I am in Christ Jesus, that I am forgiven and I am secure for eternity. Your sins are forgiven. Christ has claimed you as his own. Eternal life has been gifted to you. So you are protected. Does this mean that you're protected from bad things happening to you? Does this mean that you'll never face another hardship or painful experience? You know, come to Jesus, believe in Jesus, trust in Jesus, and everything's going to be really nice in your life. You're not going to have hardships or problems. No, that's a lie. Christians face difficulty, hardship, and pain. We all suffer harm, sickness. And whatever else this, this fallen world can throw at us. 
So the protection that Jesus promises is much deeper and more profound than being protected from every physical danger or emotional danger or psychological danger that can come your way. And Jesus did not sugarcoat the reality of pain and suffering in this world. Faithful Christians suffer. We suffer persecution. We suffer accidents. We suffer accidental death, disease, injustice. I've been with Christians who have suffered in horrific ways. And yet, they had this faith that clung to Jesus and to Jesus' promises in the midst of the most horrific things that you can imagine in life. I have seen God protect people in the midst of terrible, terrible suffering. So I want you to know that when the worst happens to you, you're protected. And then this leads us to ask the question, why then does God even allow bad things to happen to us? And first of all, I I need to say that this is not a question that we can answer fully. And the reason we can't answer this question fully of why bad things happen to us, why bad things happen to the innocent, we can't answer it fully because we can't fully comprehend God. His ways are higher than our ways. So there's no way that that a person is ever going to be completely satisfied with the answers that we give as Christians to people in the midst of suffering. Luther actually, he, he, he began to not even try to answer the question anymore. He just pointed people to the greater reality of the gospel. That God loves you. That you are forgiven. And that you have everlasting life. But the Bible does give us some answers. Why do bad things happen to us? Well, one reason is is that the scriptures say that we were actually strengthened in our faith through them. There's a strengthening of faith that comes uh, when we endure hardships in life. How many of you remember the 90s when they were building the biosphere? Anybody here remember the biosphere? This was a big thing back in the 90s. It was an experiment. They were experimenting. They wanted to create an entire planetary ecosystem under a glass building. They put an ocean in there, like a big swimming pool. Uh, they put forests and they could grow, grow plants and they put people in the biosphere for a long time to see if they'd survive. Well, they discovered something very interesting in the biosphere about trees, is the trees didn't do very well. Actually, the trees, before they reached maturity, they collapsed on their own weight. They realized that that those trees needed to experience the stress of wind. If, if If those trees never went through storms, they would never be strengthened because the wind, the storm, actually strengthens the fiber of the tree. There's no wind in the biosphere, so when these trees grew, something unusual happened. The trees just collapsed. And so difficulty and pain and hardship oftentimes has the good purpose of strengthening our faith 
Because as we face the difficulty, as we face the pain, the danger, the horror of living in this world, we learn that Jesus' grace is sufficient for every trial that we face in life. As we walk with him, he gives us a strength beyond ourselves. He strengthens and he fortifies faith. But here's the, the ultimate promise today. Everything needed for your security in Jesus has been accomplished for you by Jesus. He's done it all. That's really the, one of the main points as we read Jesus, the beginning of Jesus' prayer and John 17. He's basic, Jesus is basically saying it's, it's done. It's finished. I've accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished for my disciples. I've done everything. The only thing that remains is that I be glorified. That is that I go to the cross and suffer death and pay for the sins of humanity and be raised again. But everything needed for you to be saved forgiven, have eternal life, and be protected today has been accomplished by Jesus. The work is finished. Nothing will harm you. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther wrote a powerful hymn. He wrote a hymn, and some of you may know the name already, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's like the Lutheran anthem. And I have the lyrics, uh, Alex, of A Mighty Fortress is Our God here. And I, I love this, this part of this, this stanza. I believe it's the fourth stanza. Were they to take our house, that is the enemies of God, were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse. And listen to this. Though life be wrenched away, even if they take our very life, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. And last, this protection also includes a certain unity, and there needs to be a protection of the unity within the church. It's one of the big things that um, Jesus is praying about in John 17 is the unity in the body of believers, our unity. So we are not only protected in a very profound and spiritual way in this life, even though very difficult things happen like uh, injustice and suffering and difficulty, we're protected in, in, a, in a profound way through that, through the storms. We also need to understand that God wants to protect the unity of believers within the church. How is it that a diverse group of people from various backgrounds and cultures can find unity in the church? The unity that we experience in the church is because of Jesus. As a congregation focused on Jesus, focused on his word, how can we not be unified? If we have a unified focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if we have a unified focus on his word, how can we not be unified? Unified. You see, the problem is, is we there is a danger here, and that danger is that we focus on secondary issues. And when we begin to focus on other things other than 
Christ revealed in his word, there is this great danger that we experience disunity within the body of Christ. So one of the greatest works of Jesus is to keep us in the unity of the fellowship of believers through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit focuses us upon Jesus. But when we focus on all of these secondary issues, we start to argue, well, I don't like that. And then everybody's upset. But when we train ourselves and we allow the Spirit to take our focus off of those things and to focus upon Him, that's where unity comes from. Is it? It's in Jesus. So church, uh, you're protected in the name of Jesus. This church, as a unified group of believers, is protected in Jesus. But as soon as we take our eyes off of him, that's, that's a big danger. It's a danger to us personally, and it's a danger to the body of Christ. See, Jesus knew that the church, uh, when the church is not functioning in unity, it will no longer be effective. So pray... For the unity of believers. So in this united fellowship of believers, we find a great comfort and strength through every trial and tribulation of life. So not only is there a unity of of fellowship, but there's also a, a strengthening and there's a comfort and there's a power that comes from being a part of a local congregation. Because you know that you're not walking through the difficulties, the hardships, and the pain of life alone. You have a family. You have the body of Christ who is with you to support you and to help you and to point you back towards Jesus where your ultimate strength and security is found. So Jesus has provided everything that we need. He's given us salvation in his name. We're protected in his name and we have unity in his name. So in the name of Jesus, we're saved. In his name, we're protected. And we have unity in his name. But does this stuff really work? You know, I, I stand up here and I, I preach. But does this stuff really work? When the rubber meets the road and we face the hardships of life, does it really work? I want to share the testimony of Pastor Bill Wilson. In the late 70s and early 80s, Pastor Wilson started a Sunday school for children in the toughest neighborhoods of New York City. He was moved by the call of Jesus to go and to bring the gospel to these kids. But he was in the toughest neighborhood of New York City. See, Pastor Bill had a heart for children. When when he was a boy at 12 years old, his, his mom left him on a street corner. She was an alcoholic couldn't take care of him and she left him on a street corner in New York City and there he sat for three days. Uh, Nobody stopped in this busy, busy, busy part of New York City until one day an ordinary Christian man stopped and noticed that this boy was was going through something. And and the the man simply went up to, to Bill and he said, how can I help you? And he said, I'm hungry, and I don't know where my mom is. 
And this Christian man uh, brought him in and took care of him. First thing he did is he paid his way, $17.50 to go to Bible camp. So that was his first exposure to Christianity, was at Bible camp. And then after that, a number, number of different people in the church took care of him, made sure he was taken care of by the body of Christ. The church united to take care of Bill. And um, he knew that countless kids in the city faced similar situations. He was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go with the good news of Jesus to make change in many children's lives. So today he has over 100,000 kids in his Sunday school around the world. So let's listen to Pastor Bill Wilson's story of what it means to walk with Jesus and to be protected by faith in danger. Let's watch the video. Start a ministry from nothing. Let's turn it up. It's hard to convince people of the vision. Back in the late 1970s, early 1980s, missions in American culture, particularly the church culture, was foreign countries. It was very difficult to convince Americans or anyone else that there were needs in these vast metropolitan urban areas of the United States. New York City being the prime example of everything that was wrong with American cities. Toughest city in the United States, it was horrible. But I said, if the gospel is not true there, then maybe the gospel is not true at all. I was 31 years old, and I thought, if I'm going to commit my life to something, I want to make sure it's true. And I moved here by myself. That first nine years, it was by far the hardest years of my life. I was the only white person that lived anywhere around here. There were no white people here. I paid for it dearly. I've been stabbed twice with a knife, three concussions, nose broken twice, ribs broken, jaw broken, thrown off of a building in a street fight, shot in the face. I paid a high price, a very high price, but I stayed. I either believed it or I didn't. I either was a man of faith or I wasn't. I either believed we could see something happen to a generation of kids or I didn't. So I was put to the test. My faith was tested. Everyone's faith will be tested. Everyone's faith will be tested at some point. And it's at that moment when your faith is put to the test, then we'll see what you're made out of. I stayed, even though we lost the buildings and we had to shut the Sunday school down for almost a year. Staff left, I stayed. The money dried up, but I stayed. My commitment has always been stronger than my emotions. Most folks live on their emotions. When you talk about changing the generation, when you talk about getting out of the box, getting out of the boat, whatever terminology you want to use, when you talk about doing something that's never been done in world history, your faith is going to be tested. It's going to be a battle. And you can't live on emotions. Because if I lived on emotions, I would have been long gone years ago. I chose to stay. I fought the fight. 
and the Lord was with me every step of the way. And now we look back in retrospect to those hard days. Maybe, maybe that's why the Lord doesn't reveal to us too much. Because if you know too much of what you're going to go through, of the battles you're going to have to fight, of the things that you're going to go through emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially, personally, if you saw it up front, maybe you wouldn't do it. So you can't see around the corner. You can only see to the corner. But if you can see the one who can see around the corner, that's all you need to see. And because of my faithfulness, because of the tenacity, because I believe that the Holy Spirit really was my comforter, that now it's brought us to this place where right at 100,000 children every week in all of our Sunday schools are hearing the gospel, many of them for the first time. They're being given an opportunity to accept Christ as their personal Savior, to connect with caring Christians when all they knew is like what I knew. Who would have known all those years ago when we started that this would have evolved into the ministry it's evolved into today. It's been described as not even a ministry anymore, but a movement. That's interesting to me, how God can take humble beginnings from the little boy who was left on the street that no one wanted. And now it's the influence that it is today. We've been selected as one of the 10 most influential missions organizations in the world. To God be the glory. Church, today I want you to know that you are protected in the name. Following Jesus isn't easy. Being a Christian isn't easy. It's to accept danger. It's to accept hardship. But the blessing, the reward, the fruit is incredible. Lord, we thank you today. Help us to be those Christians who know that we are protected in a more profound way than simply being physically protected. Uh, we are protected in the power of your name. Sins are forgiven. Eternity is secure. You've given us a mission. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be united in these things that truly count. Lord, if anybody's here today facing difficulty, hardship, pain in this, in this life, uh, may they hear once again that they're forgiven. May they hear once again that they uh, have eternal life, that they have your Holy Spirit. And may these greater realities than the realities that we see with our eyes, may these greater realities strengthen us through the hardships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.